Thank you for listening to the uh, Gospel Boldly podcast where we confess with St. John that these things are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing we may have life in his name. We're your hosts. I'm Thomas Limke, the somewhat distracted father of a weeping, gnashing of teeth child sitting right outside the door. And I am Pastor Brown, and I believe that the opening for the show should be, and there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth <laughs> in that place. Good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing? Yay. All right. So, and we are back and, and we have finished the gospel of John. And so what we're going to do, Thomas, now is we are starting the book of Judges. Now, 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 Thomas, 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 I'm going to ask you, since this was your idea, if we are the gospeled boldly podcast, what good is it to go to the book of Judges? I mean, it's Old Testament. It, it, the name even is all judgy and stuff. What, what, what type of gospel should we be expecting in the book of Judges? Well, plenty, because uh, each time the children of Israel fall away from the Lord, as they will throughout the course of this book, <laughs> we will begin to see how God raises up a redeemer for them to bring them back unto himself, restoring their position as his sons and inheritors of the land which all points forward ultimately to the way Christ does those things. This is one of the things I, I, I'm going to give our listeners a heads up, just in case you've not really gone through the book of Judges. It's going to be a little repetitive. I mean, <laughs> it, there, the, the point is there, there is a, a pattern, and, and I think this is a pattern that, that is useful for us in America to remember because really one of the things that, that Judges teaches is that the normal situation for the church is for things to be messed up and to be surrounded by a bunch of people who A, could care less, or B, are outright heretics. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, this is the this, this is Israel. This is God's chosen people. And the standard is, and things get messed up. And as we seem to be in America, moving into a time where things are getting more and more messed up in the church and more... Yeah, this is situation normal, and God's mercy remains. So that that'll be, I think, a, a a little underlying theme of comfort that 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 will show up over and again throughout the book. Sounds good. So, all right. Well, do do, do we want to dive on in? How about we set the stage real quick? What what well, point yeah. in the history is that? What you mean by dive? <laughs> I guess yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. opening to the book <clears throat> does set the right. stage to a degree. Should we read the first one or two verses and let that well, tee us off? Oh. Yeah, read verse 1. That'll work. Okay. After the death of Joshua, the people of Israel inquired of the Lord, who shall go up first to fight for us against the Canaanites, to fight against them? All right. So if you remember your Bible history, Moses leads the children of Israel out of out of Egypt, and they balk at going into the Holy Land, so they end up spending 40 years in the Holy Land. Moses dies. Everyone dies except Joshua and Caleb. They go. They end up leading the children of Israel into the Holy Land. And the first set of adventures in the Holy Land is contained in the book of, of Joshua, right? And, and there's a lot of stuff that goes on there. That's where you get, like, Jericho and all that. Fun, lots of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Joshua dies. And so it's like, well, what, what do we do now? We haven't gotten done conquering. So what we're going to do is we're going to see the the finishing of the conquering and then and then Israel's time in in the the Holy Land. So probably from around oh 375 to right around 1000. I mean this is roughly. And and, and this book rolls in from Joshua and it will roll right on into to Samuel because actually 
Samuel is the last judge of Israel, but but he he, he ties him so strongly to to Saul and David that he goes in with that book. So mm-hmm. but, makes sense. So. All right. And what happens is one of the the key features is you have the 12 tribes of Israel, or you could say 13 if you want. Because really, when you talk about the 12 tribes of Israel, in terms of who inherits the land, Levi doesn't count. Mm -hmm. Levi gets no specific land because they're the priestly caste. So they're spread out through everywhere to, to be like priests for everyone wherever they're at. And Joseph's two sons each get their own section. And who were right. the two sons of Joseph? Ephraim and Manasseh. Right. And sometimes they'll get referred to as Joseph. Sometimes they get split out because it's just, it goes back and forth. It, it, so, um, it's a great book of history. And it, it's just neat and fun. There are going to be a lot of place names. And, and some of this is stuff where if we were hearing this in 600 BC, say, mm-hmm. we'd say, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, but since we're hearing it in 2016, it's like, yeah, and it, as most of us who are listening, any of our international listeners, hello, welcome, but but most of us who are listening live in the United States of America and haven't really been to Israel. It's like, I have no idea what that place is, and right. okay, all right, good, good, good to know, good, good place name. So, yeah, that's the, one of the, the drawbacks of the audio platform is we don't get, you know, nice little maps to put up on the board or anything like that, but so be it. So, yeah, and and you can find maps of of the division of the Holy Land online. Um, if you actually want a nice one, uh, there's a Christian poster type company called Rose something or other. I can't remember. It's mm. not Rose Art. Maybe it is. But if you go into a Christian bookstore and you find big posters by the a company named Rose, they tend to do good work. So, cool, dude. Did those. we get paid for that? No, we did. Doubt it. Oh, well. Here we go. Not monetizing anything. There you go. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. So, um, any other things that you think we should bring up before diving into Judge's text more fully? Hmm. No, I, I think you did a pretty good job encapsulating everything. Um, we'll, we'll come up on some names here in a second that will help tie us in with everything else going on. That, so that'll work as well. Do, do we need to give a listener a warning? We probably like a should trigger warning uh, type of thing. Or well, 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 I mean, just like 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 I, I'm thinking before, not so much a trigger warning. That's passe, but like like the 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 this movie is rated. Yeah, <laughs> this, this, this book is rated R for and, real, and, and, especially towards and, the end. And, and it probably had to fight for an R rating. I mean, I mean, it, so so there are going to be parts of here that are going to be kind of jaw dropping because mm-hmm. again. One of the beautiful things about the Old Testament is it's open and blunt about wickedness and what goes on and doesn't try to uh, paint a pretty picture over things. So Mm -hmm. therefore, there will be some points that are blunt. So if you're delicate, deal with it because sin is not delicate and you're going to deal with sin the rest of your life and be prepared to fight against sin and temptation and be ready to forgive even the nasty, gross stuff that happens against you. All right? Sounds good. All right, we'll work. Okay. So... <laughs> you can't decide if he wants to stay or go. Should I stay or should I go now? If I if I stay, there will be trouble. Or wait, go. If I go, there will be trouble. But if I stay, it will be double. So, all right. Well, I, I think they just want to watch. So I will start reading. Starting off at verse two, I, I'll, I'll take this one. Okay, sounds good. The Lord said to Judah, uh, so, oh, so, "Yeah, I'll start reading." Then I butcher it. The <laughs> Lord said, "Judah shall go up." Behold, I have given the land into his hand. And Judah said to Simeon, his brother, 
Come up with me into the territory allotted to me, that we may fight against the Canaanites. And I likewise will go with you into the territory allotted to you. So Simeon went with him. Then Judah went up, and the Lord gave the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hands, and they defeated ten thousand of them at Bezek. They found Adonai Bezek and fought against him and defeated the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Adonai Bezek, well, here, I'll, I'll pause there. Okay. Now, something to note, that this kind of does give you some of the, the way Israel works. Mm-hmm. When it comes time to conquer, you don't have one defined leader of Israel anymore saying, all right, everyone, we're all going to go here. It, it, it's, it's broken up into the different tribes. And you can almost think of them as the states pr- during the Articles of Confederation. It was sort of, they were really independent but loosely affiliated, but, mm-hmm. but there was no one who said, yes, we're all going to affiliate. This actually becomes an issue later on. This is part of the reason why they're going to end up wanting a king because okay. they're all independent. They want more centrality. Of course, the, the point that comes up is that really God is their king. They shouldn't need that. They should enjoy their freedom. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're, you don't have all the tribes going together. It's just Judah's like, okay, I need help. Uh, hey, hey, Simeon, I'll, uh, you wash my back, I'll wash your back. And so they go and they they defeat the Canaanites. And you have uh, this... Uh, this uh, king that they come across, Adonai Bezek. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't really get too much about him. I mean, it's just sort of like, oh, here's a name. All right, yeah. Adonai Bezek means literally Lord of Bezek. So it's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I shall name my child King of America. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. There there you go. That, that That's a fine name. They actually did that a lot in the ancient world. I mean, they, they had some arrogant names, so. But so they go on in and they, they, they have their successes. And what do they do? If you want to pick up again at verse 6. Or right. seven, yeah, six, 6. Adonai Bezek fled, but they pursued him and caught him and cut off his thumbs and big toes. And Adonai Bezek said, Seventy kings with their thumbs and their big toes cut off used to pick up scraps under my table. As I have done, so God has repaid me. And they brought him to Jerusalem and he died there. Now, now, one of the things that this does point out, uh, does Adonai Bezek sound like he was a good, nice king? No, he sounds ruthless. Right. I mean, th- and this cut is, thumb. Wh- what <laughs> is the implication of cutting off someone's thumbs? Neutralize them. I mean, opposable thumbs are really important yeah, for picking up a spear. I, I, I mean, it, and it, 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 it's it's a horrific injury. I mean, oh, yeah. you can lose your little finger and still hang on or and stuff like that. But if you lose your thumbs, that that's the bad one. And then what what's the implication of cutting off the big toe? It's really hard to walk, much less run away. Right. I mean, it it, it, it it's a a it's a small set of disfigurements. But big ones, yeah, high, highly important ones. So, and then like, yeah, I, I cut off their thumbs and their their toes, and I I let them be my beggars. I mean, it, it, it's rubbing their face in it. And he gets conquered, and the same gets done to him. Mm-hmm. And and he he acknowledges, as I've done, God's repaid me. So so at first you have you have Judah coming in, and and they are clearly agents of. God's wrath, God's justice. The Canaanites get what's going on. Because remember, Thomas, all these people in the Holy Land know who the children of Israel are. This, mm-hmm. this is one where, where we, we, we know that we're in the promised land. We, we know that, that the Lord has said 
they're going to get this land. So, so either he's wrong or we're on borrowed time. Mm-hmm. And so there, there is this, this witness to the truthfulness of God that comes in with this claiming of the Holy land. And yet people are still fighting an obstinate till the bitter end and even cutting off thumbs and stuff like that. Right. So, and any other thoughts there so far? So it, it does make the, the quick little note here. Well, two things. Number one, the quick little note that they brought him to Jerusalem and he died there. Does that mean that from this point forward, all of the, uh, you know, children of Israel own Jerusalem? Well, we're, we're going to get there. That's going to get played out a little bit more coming up. It, it's, it's in the process. This, there, there's still a, 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 a process of thing and, and it remains a process longer than it should, but care, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. All right. Okay. The I, second- I'm going to table that. Okay. Okay. Fair second, enough. Second. Second thing is, I, I notice how he makes an appeal not to karma in the the Hindu sense, but to God as the one who has brought about, mm, well, a karmic sense of justice. If I can go ahead and use the term, that's kind well, of interesting that that I, he he notes that what goes around comes around in that sense. Well, it's not even so much much that that sense of of just straight karma. Although although you could do some uh, analogies to that, it it is really just straight justice. It mm-hmm. is it is my wickedness has come back upon me. What what I have done has been given back. So so he he does acknowledge that what has happened to him isn't a matter of injustice. It's like, mm-hmm. well, it, it 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 is live by the sword, die by the sword, or or. Or cut off thumbs by the sword. Have your thumbs cut off by the sword. So, <laughs> right. So, all right. So, the, but 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 as you note, know, there there is a, a good sense of justice here. We're we're doing things well. It, it's it's starting off so well, and it's going to be all downhill. So, all right. Awesome. So after the break, we'll we'll look at things a little bit backwards, and then get more downhill and in, in judges. And we're back on the uh, Gospel Bubble podcast, and now we're at the part of the show that we like to call the backwards life, where where Thomas will bring up some type of pithy phrase or idea that normally gets tossed around, and we'll take a backwards look at it. So uh, what do you have for us today, Thomas? All right, so today I would ask you uh, to expound upon the following. Christians should not practice witchcraft, like, you know, divination cards or tarot or... uh, or goodness knows Ouija boards and things along those lines, but should abstain, and uh, and I'll let you take it from there. All right. Oh, let me think about this for a second. Should not practice <laughs> witchcraft, but should abstain. All right. You know, it, it's one of the things that that comes up that that we have is this. Um, well, okay, I I will ask you. All right, Thomas, which commandment and its meaning deals with witchcraft? I mean, the first maybe? That's well, the first automatically deals with all of them. But yeah, which well, commandment right. specifically deals with witchcraft? I mean, I can't think of one specifically <gasps> dealing with witchcraft per se. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. What does this mean? With fear and love God that okay. we not curse, lie, swear, use witchcraft, or deceive by his yeah. name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. All okay. Right. Now, yeah, that's so, you bring so, the meaning out. Yeah. All right. All right. So the the point here, the backwards point here, is really one that I follow from the, the, the catechism. Okay. It's not just so much a don't Ouija boards are bad, don't mess. No, the, the, the point is. 
why are you messing around with piddly spiritual stuff that A, most likely won't work, and B, if it does, is going to call upon a demon or something stupid when you are a baptized child of God and have access to God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. The, the backwards approach to this is, it, it's stupid. It, it's sort of like saying, you know, um, I, I have access to to a refrigerator full of wonderful fresh food, but instead I'm going to go dive around in my neighbor's dumpster after they've been gone on vacation for five days. Okay. When it's... <clears throat> A lot of times we, we we will talk about this in terms of this is dangerous, don't abuse it. Don't 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 get yourself into trouble. Well, but the, the bigger point is it, it's not like you don't have something better. It, it's not like all right, don't eat meat, just eat tofu. No, no, this is sort of like don't eat tofu. You've got a prime rib dinner over here. I mean, it, it, it's we we have something better with our relationship with God, and so so really the the strange thing is it's when, when you deal with with your divination stuff, when you deal with your your horoscopes or your your tarot cards, they're they're all vain attempts to try and get a a semblance of the future or, or some lack or, or some bit of control over your life. When in reality, you've got something better than trying to get control over your life via turning cards or what do the stars say? You have God's own promise to you. you have the creator of the universe saying, yes, you are my child and I love you. And I will see you through everything that you come across in this life. And then I will give you life everlasting in the world to come. You're not going to get a tarot card. That's more awesome than that. I'm never going to open up uh, the newspaper and say, oh, well, I'm a Virgo. What, what, what does my horoscope say for the day? Oh, look, I'm going to meet someone interesting. That doesn't top salvation. That doesn't top the forgiveness of sin. So so why are you running off after something that is second class to begin with? So, whoa. I don't know. <laughs> I think my son's come to tell me. Does that work? Like a, a a backwards take or a, a backwards approach to that was that was that backwards enough for you? Yeah, that was great. I I, oh. I appreciate it. And now I'm dealing with avocado all over my room here. Uh, well, yeah, I, it's sort of like why why would you 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 not listen to this podcast and instead listen to something else? I mean, come on, it's awesome. So right, action packed, <laughs> never a dull moment. You know, you know, it, it's a shame we don't have this up on 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 YouTube. Oh yeah, because this would be much more amusing if you were watching live, folks. I, I'm trying very hard not to break out in laughter, but so it is. <laughs> it, it is good, but that is the backwards life. Good, but I I will point out one of this. This is one of the things that sin does. Temptations are always for something that ooh sounds good, but really is nowhere near as good as what you already have. I mean, th- think about this. How often when we are tempted to do something foolish, do we end up running after something and it's not nearly as good as what we already had from God? Frequently. Right. And, <laughs> to and, say and the that's, least. That, that's the point. And that's something, that, that's something that young children need to learn over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And we still need to learn as we keep growing old because most of the time we're still like little children. All right. There we go. So shall we dive back into Judges? Let's do it. Let's do it. Verse 8 is where we're picking up, right? Yes. Okay. And the men of Judah fought against Jerusalem and captured it and struck it with the edge of the sword. 
and set the city on fire. And afterward, the men of Judah went down to fight against the Canaanites who lived in the hill country, in the Negev, and in the lowland. And Judah went against the Canaanites who lived in Hebron. Now the name of Hebron was formerly uh, Kiriath Arba. And they defeated Sheshai and Ahiman and Talmai. So basically, we, we have the, the conquest that's going on. They, they, they do finally take here, because see, they, they take him up to Jerusalem, the, the king. But, but here's actually where they actually conquer Jerusalem and such like that. And, and they take care of the Negev, which is in the south. So, I mean, you're, you're doing good conquering. So this is going on. So, and, and it's going to keep going if you want to keep reading for a bit. All uh, right. Read through 15. Through 15. From there, they went against the inhabitants of Debir. The name of Debir was formerly Kiriath-Sefer. And Caleb said, He who attacks Kiriath-Sefer and captures it, I will give him Aksa, my daughter, for a wife. And Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, captured it. And he gave him Aksa, his daughter, for a wife. When she came to him, she urged him to ask her father for a field. And she dismounted from her donkey. And Caleb said to her, What do you want? She said to him, Give me a blessing, since you have set me in the land of the Negeb. Also give me springs of water. And Caleb gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. Now let me give you your geography quiz. Okay. What is notable about the Negev, or uh, today I think normally we call it the Negev with a yeah. V. But B Isn't and B are basically the same thing in Hebrew. It's literally the True same enough. letter. Just sometimes you say it as a B, sometimes you say it as a V. What is the Negev? I, I do believe it's the desert. It's the desert. desert. So, yeah. so they go and conquer the, the, the desert area. She's like, yeah, it's nice that I got the desert, but can I have the springs too, Dad? Just, just <laughs> let, let, let me make sure I've got some water for my land. Okay, yeah, that, that'll work. So, so you, you have what we've got so far is we have lots and lots of, of success. We have a lot of, of goodness. Things are going well for, for the children of Israel as they go on into the Holy Land. So, um, However, I don't know if that's going to keep up for too much longer. Let's keep going. Okay. And the descendants of the Kenites, Moses' father-in-law, went up with the people of Judah from the city of Palms into the wilderness of Judah, which lies in the Negev near Arad. And they went and settled it with the people. And Judah went with Simeon, his brother, and they defeated the Canaanites who inhabited Zephath and devoted it to destruction. So the name of the city was called Hormah. Judah also captured Gaza with its territory, and Ashkelon with its territory, and Ekron with its territory. And the Lord was with Judah, and he took possession of the hill country. But he could not drive out the inhabitants of the plain, because they had chariots of iron. All right. So now, now th- it looks like everything's going well. They, they even conquered Gaza. They, but but does, does Gaza come up later on as a, a, a problem for the Israelites? I'm not sure about the interceding time between then and now, but certainly now it's it's a highly contested oh. hotbed of turmoil and strife. Uh, jump forward 400 years when uh, when the Philistines are fighting the Israelites. Mm-hmm. Where are they based out of? Gaza, Gaza. and Ashkelon, and and I mean, so so what happens is you're seeing the the command was given to the Israelites. All right, go conquer it and, and conquer it and drive everyone out of it. Mm-hmm. But whereas before it had been going pretty well, now now they've started getting so a lot of good victories. And it's like, oh, but we're well, we've got this. But then we'll we'll just hold the hill country because they, you know, they've got chariots and we don't want to fight them that much. So I mean, <laughs> we we we've made some games that you haven't gotten the whole thing. Now now, Thomas, think think generationally feud. 
What mm. is the problem if you take over part of the land, but you don't take over the whole thing? And, and well, people multiply. We have a habit of doing that. And over the course of years, uh, a people that is subjugated, and the Israelites should know this from their own history, can become too numerous for the host nation and cause, shall we say, trouble. So, so basically, instead of actually fully taking the, the promised land over like they were told by God, and I mean, it's one thing if, you, if people say, yeah, we, we decided we want to throw in our lot with you, like, like the, the Kenites. Yeah, okay, that's fine. You are now Jewish people. Yay, great, fine. Oh, but if you just say, oh, well, we'll just, we'll just let them be. This will work out fine. We, we, we've done enough. Now we want to sit back on our laurels and enjoy our stuff and our, our mm-hmm. plunder. Um. Generally, if you stop a war before you hit a strategic goal, that becomes bad. Uh, so, Thomas, think about it this way. Think back on World War II. And what if after D-Day, we, we got on the beachhead, we moved 40 miles in the land with our force and said, ah, you know, that's good enough. We, we don't need to go all the way into Berlin and take out Germany. That, that would have been bad. That, that, would have, that would have been just setting up for the next war. So what happens is because they go at it, eventually half-heartedly because Mm -hmm. they leave problem spots. It just paves the way for all the wars and troubles to go. So really over and over when the Philistines cause them problems, they're causing them problems because you didn't do what God said in the first place. Mm -hmm. Now coming back from the when we come back from the break, I, I will want to discuss this. Thomas, doesn't it just seem mean that God really wants to kick out all the Canaanites and, and all the Philistines out of that land? Doesn't it just seem mean? How can God be so mean? Yeah, I mean, Don't, I thought equality and diversity was supposed to be our strength up in here, so why not diversity of nations? Well, well, well we're, we're, we're ready to go to break. Let's talk about after the break. We will let people I love it. pause and simmer on that thought. <laughs> oh, oh, so politically incorrect. And we're back on the Gospel Boldly Podcast, and now we have one of the sticky wickets of the Old Testament. Thomas, the children of Israel, have been given into the promised land, and they are to go, and they are to conquer. They are to devote things to destruction, lay mm-hmm. waste, and, and take new conquerings over it, and just, that's the way it's to be. Repent or you're gone. And they started out well, but then they kind of peter out, like, yeah, we'll just settle for take. It's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. <laughs> well, or, or so. <laughs> Um, and, and they, they don't. So, but, but Thomas, that, this, this premise that's set up by God, that, mm-hmm. that is the background of, of judges that, that when you go into the, the Holy land, you are to take it over completely and, and kick everyone out unless they're converting, they're, they're gone. Mm-hmm. That strikes us as odd, bad, uh, colonial, <laughs> um, uh, not, not nice. Do you have any thoughts or comments on that? Yeah, this is something that people, especially, you know, objectors to the faith tend to really get their knickers in a bind over. And as much as I've heard and as much as I've understood and sought to understand, to my modern mind, there is still some offense to it, which is understandable mm-hmm. to, again, to the modern mind. However, from a, a logical and even spiritual perspective, I can give, I suppose, two thoughts here. Number one, as you've pointed out, the people that are in the land are themselves pagan, and they are 
ultimately in a position to cause great problems for the people of God, as they do. I mean, we see the outworkings of, of that. Um, so it's not like, you know, the Israelites uh, put them all into the sword and then nothing happened and everything was great. And we were always left to wonder, well, why couldn't they have just cohabitated? No, we know they didn't work out very well. So, so there is that aspect to it. And, and hopefully you'll have some other thoughts to throw in here as well. But uh-huh. the, the second aspect, something that I've heard a lot about is the spiritual aspect of this, uh, which again, to the modern naturalistic materialist mind seems mm, not, not good enough reason to do what they did. But there were significant amounts of uh, spiritual fortresses, if you will, holdouts in the sense that, you know, these, again, the, the priestly classes and things like this, doing what they did, um, based on the, the Israelite worship practice, were defiling to the land the, right. the, that was supposed to belong to Israel. And so to allow that to perpetuate and continue is to allow the anti-God, if you will, spiritual forces of these other peoples um, to continue to defile the land in that sense. So there's also that. What is the first commandment? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Before me. And see, see uh, the, the new translation of the Catechism just says thou shalt have no other gods. But that before me is literally in Hebrew, in my face, in mm-hmm. my presence, wherever I am, wherever is my place, get the foreign gods out. So really the, the expulsion of the foreign peoples is really it's the expulsion of idolatry. Mm-hmm. Get 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 the foreign idols out of. If they're content to say yes, your God will be our God, and and even like the uh, Adonai Bazak, where he's like, yeah, yeah, your God did a good job. He he was right. Fine, you can let him stay, but they can't remain with their idols. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, God does not share his place. I, I I'm not gonna let the the local pagans do worship in the church. That just doesn't work. That's not <laughs> right. how this, that, that, that's not what he, to be holy is to be held separate for God. So basically the idea is the land is to be the holy land. It's to be the, the land where God alone is worshiped. And if you don't do that, there's going to be problems that if you're not honoring God, your father, it's not going to go well with you. And, and so what happens is it's a capitulation to, to, really false religion that's going to come back and bite them over and over. This isn't just political. There is a strong spiritual overtone, but there is also something that is just a a matter of political reality that we don't understand as Americans. The most amazing thing in world history was when George Washington stepped down from being president. Yeah. Because suddenly you had the peaceful transfer of power. This was really a, an American innovation in the modern modern world. I mean, even in Greece and in Athens with its democracy, generally when you got voted out, you were exiled. The the next group came in and said, "You're, you're gone." Mm-hmm. And no, Washington. Just, oh, and we and this is what we're used to. We're used to the idea of you lose an election, you, you might fight, you might whine about it. Or you might complain, but but generally we don't even have wars. I mean, even with the South, it's not that they when when the South rebelled in the Civil War, it's just no, we don't want to be under your president. It wasn't we're going to fight and put our president over all you guys? It, it's enough. We, we we don't think in terms of of forcing others nearly as much. I mean, it, and so we're so accustomed to this rule of law that this idea of of the will of the people reigns that 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 leaders will step down. 
that's not the way they did in the ancient world. Mm-hmm. It, it it was there. There was no okay. Well, well, we'll just wait for the the next set of elections. See how things go. Or okay, it'll only be four years, maybe eight. Okay, well, we 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 can start. That that wasn't the way it worked. That that's not the way. If you look at world history, it is you conquer and rule by the sword. And if and if people step up, you smack them down. It, it is violent and bloody. We have a very peaceful government. I mean. We, we we have fantastic transitions of power, sometimes bizarre and strange, but 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 they go on, and we're this is this is generally good. We we don't have revolution constantly. That's not that's not typical. That's not the way it normally works. And so what you have here is no, we're we're going to set this up and set it up good, so that way there's not going to have to be revolution. Mm-hmm. And they don't set it up. They they don't follow instructions they don't follow wisdom and they just paved the way for heartache not necessarily right in their time but in their kids times and the generation to come uh so does that kind of work definitely and it's just one where you've got to put things in in order get everything organized and set up the way it should be and they don't they they don't get the foundation set up and things start to crumble and we're going to get that more with what's coming up uh Keep reading again, jump back on in, and and we'll get more of this lack of orderly foundation. Cool. And Hebron was given to Caleb, as Moses had said. And he drove out from it it the three sons of Anak. But the people of Benjamin did not drive out the Jebusites who lived in Jerusalem. So the Jebusites have lived with the people of Benjamin in Jerusalem to this day. The house of Joseph also went up against Bethel, and the Lord was with them. And the house of Joseph scouted out Bethel. Now the name of the city was formerly Luz, and the spies sent a man coming out, or saw a man rather, coming out of the city, and they said to him, "Please show us the way into the city, and we will deal kindly with you." And he showed them the way into the city, and they struck the city with the edge of the sword, but they let the man uh, and all his family go, and the man went to the land of the Hittites and built a city and called its name Luz. That is its name to this day. All right, so you get, you got two stories there. One, you have the conquering of of Jerusalem, but again, you, they didn't quite drive out all the Jebusites. It's like, yeah, yeah, we'll just take it over. We'll be the boss, and you guys be the number two people. Again, that, that's going to probably come back to bite you a bit. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you have some undercurrent of of disdain and distrust, and yeah, I remember back when this used to be our land, and and we're talking massive time periods. We're going to be talking over four hundred years in this book, which is almost twice as long as as our country has been around. Mm-hmm. So and then but then you do have the other example. You have uh the the house of Joseph doing it right at Bethel. They go on up, they find some help. Okay, since you helped us out, we'll be kind with you. All right, good. We're win. We'll let you go to your own place. Do your own thing, but but you, you ain't gotta go home, but you got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah. that ends up being the yeah, and 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 actually, that we we could call it today. We would have called that new Luz, but they just uh, no. I'll, I'll I'll just call it Luz again, and we're we're all good. I I've got my Luz. It's it's all good. You have Bethel, uh, the, the the house of God. That's awesome. All right. So again, that is a restoring. You had Bethel back in the time of of Abraham mm-hmm. had fallen in and was called Luz. No, no, no. Now it is Bethel. So you do have that sense of restoration going on. Mm-hmm. But again, some of them don't follow through. Re- read a little bit more. Sure. Manasseh did not drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shean and its villages, or Tanakh and its villages, or the inhabitants of Dor and its villages, or the inhabitants of Iblim and its villages, 
or the inhabitants of Megiddo and its villages, for the Canaanites persisted in dwelling in that land. One one, one more verse. Oh, okay. When Israel grew strong, they put the Canaanites to forced labor, but did not drive them out completely. All right. Does this sound like a good idea? Well, you know, (laughs) we we don't want to actually get rid of you. We'll we'll just use you as labor, even though we aren't like really that strong and outnumbering you that much. Does does that sound like something that could come back to bite you? Yeah, that sounds like a negative plan there. Moreover, remember, you're the children of Israel who had been put to forced labor in Egypt. This just seems like to be a bad thing to do. Right. Uh, We'll be too lazy to actually take care of the land. So instead of taking care of the land that God's given, we'll we'll just have some conquered people do it. That's not going to go well. Moreover, did any of those names sound familiar to you? Uh, yeah, Megiddo sounds uh, tremendously familiar from even what maybe is, New Testament fame. <laughs> what is Megiddo? It's a, I believe it is a city on a hill in a sense. There is a hill involved with Megiddo, if I'm not right, mistaken. Right. But 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 what's notable about Megiddo? Why does it come up again? Well, I suppose that could be debated in the sense that I'm thinking, which is the gospel or the you know John's revelation, which is Har Megiddo, Armageddon. Megiddo's the place where the battles always take place. And one of the things that, that's noted is, is most of these villages end up being strategic choke points of, of like, oh, it's where the two valleys run into each other and stuff like that. So they're, they're, the, they're the places where the battles go on. And what do you do? Instead of clearing them out so that they're yours and you possess them, you let the, you let the foreigners and the foreign gods stay there. So what happens? They become the places of battle all the time because you didn't finish the job. Mm-hmm. So so there there is also, it's interesting looking at this way, whenever you hear about the battles later on at Megiddo and all that stuff, it's like, yeah, th- this is going on because you didn't listen to God in the first place. Yeah. So there is always this 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 background, even with Armageddon, Armageddon, that, that's where we get the word Armageddon. The reason that goes on is because we didn't listen to God in the first place. Mm-hmm. So there, there's always this, 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 the later battles are really reminders of their sinfulness and getting what they deserve. Because again, e- even even Adonai Bezek can say, well, "Yeah, yeah, I, I'm getting what I deserve from God because I." Huh? Well, that that's going to be the theme that comes up, and eventually Israel is going to end up uh, getting themselves into trouble because they didn't listen to God, and they're going to say, "Wow, we didn't listen to God; we got into trouble." Oops. God help us out. Right. Right. So, so, so this is setting us up for how the rest of Judges is going to go. So we've got a little bit more messing up to go, and then we'll find out some good, happy stories. Excellent. Or fun stories. So, all right. All right. That's a wrap. All right. Have a good one. Okay. Remember, you're not in the Old Testament, so don't go out conquering anymore. You have not been given that divine command by God, so, so <laughs> don't just, just obey the happy laws of their country and give thanks to God that you live in a peaceful nation. On that note, we'll let you go. All right. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>